The Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab number 132 for Monday, December 17th, 2007. To the Mac Observers, Mac Geek Gab. I'm back from vacation. I'm Dave Hamilton. I'm here with John Braun. Hi, John. How are you? You're back. I am back. Yeah, we had a great time. We did that Disney cruise again with the uh, with the family and totally detached from the grid. It was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and you even avoided the uh, the uh, chaos uh, <laughs> that that welcomed you when you came back. Yeah, we nicely we, done. So uh, yeah, if you're pretty much anywhere in the country, you're probably under a lot of snow and ice and you may not even be hearing us because you don't have power which really stinks but uh, stink. i think the southern half of the country is mostly okay it's just us in the northern half here that, that kind of got buried in snow this weekend but all is well we had a uh, it was actually great we we flew back on saturday right between the two storms skies were clear everything was fine and then uh yesterday we sat around and drank some caribbean rum while we watched the patriots so uh it was you know it was perfect uh, and you know, and I got back to my desk today, John, and found out that we were uh, selected as part of the best of 2007, uh, podcasts on iTunes. So we'll, we'll link to that, but, uh, thank you. Oh. For, yeah. Thanks for everybody for subscribing. I guess it's, uh, the subscriptions and the comments that, uh, that kind of raise us up on Apple's radar and then they, they pick from that. So the, the comments at iTunes are always very, very helpful. And of course your comments, you can send them to us feedback at macgeekgeb.com or 206-666-geek. But this show is all about sleeping. Now, we, we hope that doesn't mean that you'll be sleeping. And I, I don't think John and I will be sleeping. Pete's sitting here next to me. Pete might be sleeping. But uh, other than that, I, hopefully nobody's sleeping. So you could sleep if, if, if you'd like to use this show to kind of drift off. That's, that's, that's okay. I, actually, I, I've, I've heard of, of people that, that use podcasts and have a specific podcast to fall asleep. And, and that's, you know, that's a beautiful thing. It's a great way to absorb information, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess we, uh, we will dive into, you know, I'm just not in the groove here. It is nice to be back and, and, uh, you know, You're not in the groove. Well, I got something to groove on here a little bit. Well, the things we were talking about before, but just, um, here's a little warning. So just one of these random tips from out of, out of nowhere. Um, you may have noticed there was a recent security update, right? I did. Yeah. I saw that tonight. Both right? Tiger and leopard. Right. And so, you know, my, uh, leopard machine, my G5 is the one that, uh, you know, I'm running uh, Leopard on the G4 is still on Tiger, so I'm like, okay, accept it. I didn't accept it on the on the portable, but on the desktop. So it looks like it's doing something. It's like, do you want to, you know, install this and then restart? I'm like, yeah, sure. The 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 software update facility is a little different under Leopard. Uh, I've noticed. So it was. It looked like it was working. I looked away. I looked back, and the screen was like totally just background, no menu, no spinning anything. And I'm like, oh, this is bad going on here i tried to hit uh i think that you told me about this dave is it control alt escape or command alt escape one of those that's the command alt escape yeah right command not control so that show because i thought oh you know what's hanging this up and i looked and there was nothing there i'm like okay that's bad and then the other one that i kind of found by accident one time is control eject if you have a keyboard with an eject key or i think on some the f12 key and that brings up your uh you know sleep shutdown restart uh, or cancel dialogue. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'll force it to restart. It did sure. nothing. And I'm like, hey, this is really bad, which unless you know a way to get out of that, the only way to get out of that is to hold down the power button. Yeah. So I did that. The machine restarts. 
and then it runs setup assistant and i'm like okay that's really bad because usually that runs after you install the os so i thought something was really wrong Wow. Um, answer the questions and some of the dialogues, you know, it asks your name and, and stuff like that. Your network, everything was filled in though. So it was kind of weird. And then once it asked all the questions, I then saw a dialogue that said installing software update and a file progress bar. And I'm like, wow. So I, I could, what I can only imagine is that it downloaded it, but it had gotten confused, but it, it somehow cached it. So at the appropriate time it reapplied it and then it applied it, restarted, everything was fine. So just it could have been just me and the G5, you know, being a Motorola machine, um, and that update has a weird. So if anybody has an issue with the the recent security update, you know, let us know or any updates because it was pretty scary for a while. Now, fortunately, I run Time Machine on this, so you know, That's if anything was wrong. And actually, that dialogue came up saying, "Hey, would you like to import data?" I'm like, "No." Really? <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. I- I wonder what the trigger is that causes it to decide, yeah, now is the time to run Setup Assistant. Because like you said, it had all the data. Obviously, it was pulling all the data from the right place. But what made it decide? You know, what what is that trigger? It's got to be some file is either written or not written that it, you know, it sees and says, okay, yep, it's time to go. We got to we got to do this. Yeah. And I interrupted that somehow by doing a forced shutdown, maybe uh, because I listened, you know, I put my ear. Not right on the drive, but I didn't hear any disk activity nor see any visual indication. So just, okay, that wasn't really going anywhere, but I think it's timely because, you know, every now and then some of these updates can burn you. I didn't, you know, this was a security update. And I thought, you know, what, if anything, could that do but good? Well, I guess in the end it seems to be okay, though. Hmm? Yeah, no, everything's working perfectly. You know, um, Skype is, of course, running fine. So, uh, with a little comfort now, noise. Now that we've open you up with uh that's right <laughs> with that now let's 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 start sleeping here let's start let's talk about well yeah matt's actually having some trouble with that so uh let's let's hear what matt has to say hi dave uh, hi john matt from the uk here i've just been listening to the end of show 130 where you talked a little bit about uh, sleep uh, i'd love for you guys to do a little feature on sleep um, especially uh, diagnosing problems my imac and my macbook have both been a little um random over the years when it comes to uh, sleeping at the moment, my uh, my most annoying problem is the iMac. Now, it's set to sleep the display after 10 minutes, but um, every now and again, I'll get home after eight hours at work to find that my iMac, um, all on its own in my house, is lit up like a Christmas tree. Now, that's, um, that's kind of appropriate for the time of year, I suppose, but it's, it's also pretty annoying. Um, I think this is probably the one single case where I wish that my iMac was a bit more like a, a PC, because if it just had a button on the front I could press to turn the uh, display on and off, I would be... A lot happier. Anyway, uh, so like I said, um, I'd love to hear any tips you guys have for uh, diagnosing sleep problems. Um, I love the show, and I hope you both have a great Christmas. Cheers. Thanks, Matt. Okay, so, and we've got another question after this that, that talks about some specifics of, of a sleep issue. But, uh, you know, my, my first question, my first suggestion here would be to try manual sleep and, and just see, you know, how that sticks, how that holds, uh, and and you know, start there. You, you know, you, we, we've got to kind of go through the troubleshooting process on, on something like this. Uh, I think. Okay. And that you can reach either, of course, the Apple menu has it, but also the kind of shortcut I mentioned before, or I think on a lot of Macs, if you hit the power button, yes. If, yeah. If you hit it quickly, that's right. Yeah. It'll up that same dialogue saying sleep, uh, shut down, restart and cancel, I think. So, that's right. um, Yes, I'm with you on that. I mean, and, and actually, you know, I think I hinted that in the in the show that kind of 
you know, inspired this response was, I don't trust it. I manually (laughs) shut my machines down or close the lid. I mean, closing the lid always does it. If closing the lid on your portable doesn't do it, then you have big problems. But I've heard of that happening too. I yeah, I've I've actually experienced that where I've closed the lid on my portable, gone and gotten on an airplane only to get on the plane to find my battery, you know, is three quarters of the way drained because the thing's been on the whole time. So, um, yeah. Um, one thing I could suggest, uh, so, so your suggestion is, is great as a start is, is manual, although it's kind of caveman and right. not very Mac like, um, I found something, uh, there's an article about it. Try scheduling sleep. If you have fairly predictable hours, um, if you do go into the system preferences under the energy saver, and it doesn't matter which tab you're on, but there'll be a schedule button and you can say, start or wake up. So yes, actually the machine, you know, this is part of, I think what the uh, battery like Dave replaced recently, right? What the battery does is kind of keeps some circuitry running saying, Oh, it's time to wake up. Let me do that. Uh, which is kind of cool. I mean, it, you know, seeing that, I remember seeing this on some of the first Macs was kind of cool because all the PCs had, you know, the big red switch or something. It was like, Oh wow. The machine can wake up and go to sleep on its own. It can actually even, it can even power on, on its own, I believe. Yeah, well, it says start or wake up. So, yeah, so start. So, I guess start is, yeah, start from being shut down. Yeah, mm-hmm. good point. Yeah. And then sleeper, I guess, shut down. You can also say uh, shut down, I guess, in that box. That's yeah. great out right now. Yeah. So, one, the, the next step there, that's a little more severe because then the system is saying, you know, go to sleep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, anything else to, to mention on this one, John? Or do you want to, uh, should we move on to Roberts and, and sort of add to the, add to the equation here um i'll i'll toss out a couple of tools here uh, and then we can move on so one which uh, now if you're running our favorite menu meters and you just click on the processor if you're showing the processor activity um or you dig i think it's in utilities folder application utilities uh activity monitor um this is where if you want to know if something's going on on your system this is where to look now unfortunately i don't think it's very good at telling you. So it can show you disk activity. For example, there's a, a specific tab for disk activity. It'll show reading, you know, how much data is being written and read, both total and as a, a data rate. Um, so that can show you if the disk is, if there's any activity. Now, I don't know if they both have to be zero to, to actually indicate nothing's happening. Because yeah. uh, right now I'm looking and I'm seeing very small throughput um, Huh. So I don't know. So that's one place to look. And just in general, uh, Activity Monitor can show you, you know, this this gets more into, I mean, what I was touching on was more disk or hardware activity. There's also software activity, which, you know, again, there's always something running. Yeah. Um, so, so I take it to Activity Monitor is a place to look to determine if your machine's not shutting down for whatever, or sleeping, what if anything, because it, it shows network activity, which all these things that it shows here, CPU, Disk and network activity can all contribute to uh, the system not wanting to go to sleep. And with that, all right, yeah, let, let's uh, let's hear what Robert's got to say, and he always has to has a lot to say. Uh, and uh, and then we'll 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 kind of throw in some other ideas here as well. Uh, hello, it's Robert Hazelrig. I'm calling you in regards to uh, the sleep dilemma that you uh, came across in last week's show. I have a computer that will not sleep, and I don't know why. I'll tell you the details. Uh, It's an APG G4 with two 20-gig hard drives in it. It's got a gig and a half of RAM, 
and it's running uh, the latest version of Tiger. Uh, I'm using a standard keyboard and an Intel 5-button mouse with that machine. Uh, nothing has been added out of the ordinary onto that machine. Uh, the only thing that it does uh, differently, uh, the only thing, extra application, I should say, that I've added to it is uh, Office 2004, and it also has Quicken on it. Um, now, when I put, try to put the computer to sleep, and I can do so many ways by, you know, scrolling my mouse over to the left, bottom corner or from the command in the Apple menu uh, it you can hear the hard drive spin down uh, the computer monitor light goes off I can count to 10 and then the computer drives spin back up the computer light come the monitor comes back on and it just will never go to sleep I don't know what it is um, I think, but I'm not 100% sure, that it could be a defaulty airport card. And the only reason I, I say that is because recently uh, I've noticed that whenever that computer is connected to uh, my airport network, it kicks off my cable modem. Uh, whatever it's doing, uh, whenever that computer is connected to the network, uh, my cable network uh, drops out and then I can't access the internet from any of my other computers uh, because it actually does something to the cable modem itself. I'm not 100% sure about that. It's not completely tested. Um, I rarely use that computer on the, on, on the network to surf. Uh, that computer is just totally designed for bookkeeping and nothing else. So that's why it has uh, Quicken on it. Anyway, if you have any insight to why it might not be going to sleep, maybe you think it's a bad hard drive or something like that, I don't know. But I would appreciate any insight. Telephone number. Yeah, we don't need your phone number. Oh. We'll just tell you here. Uh, okay, so he mentioned software as, as one of the, you know, he's got obviously some third-party software on the machine. It's possible that, something is running that's causing it not to sleep. Now I have a, an iMac over at the house, the one that I replaced the battery on John and it will not go to sleep. If net newswire is running now, I've set it to sleep after 30 minutes and I've set new net newswire to update every two hours and it still won't go to sleep. Quit net newswire, leave it alone. Bam. It goes to sleep right when you would expect it to. So, you know, I think, NetNewsWire uses a SQLite database to manage all the subscriptions. Maybe it's doing some house cleaning. I don't know. But something is triggering the uh, computer not to sleep. The display will go to sleep, but the computer won't. So that, that disk activity is enough to keep it awake. Uh, okay. In that case, the fully run activity monitor to just verify that. If, if the window, you know, because the graphs they have are not terribly long range. But right. the, that could be a possible thing to run in the background and just see... You know, I mean, you may, it sounds kind of geeky, but some people may do this. You may want to sit there for 10 minutes or so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's painful. Um, uh, yeah. That, that, that's. He's also got, he mentioned Office and Quicken on there. Both of those have a background updaters. Uh, well, maybe Quicken doesn't. I'm trying to think. I know QuickBooks does an auto update. And Quicken does an auto update thing too, especially if it's running. So. And, it, 
it, it's possible something's perhaps got a, a setting wrong and it's it's being overzealous about how it's checking. Microsoft definitely has the you don't even need to have, have Word or Excel or any piece of Office running. The Office auto updater is always sitting there in the background and you can go and delete, uh, you know, and, uh, and and terminate that. So I, I would say quit all of the apps and see if if the if the issue still happens with him. And, and go go ahead. Uh, to me, though, the, this brings up a, a, a mini tangent here, but it's kind of use uh, the, the way that certain or just the way people run their machines. Now, now uh, you, you may know where I'm going here, but some folks I've seen, just like the people that put everything on their desktop, which just makes me, you know, get all jumpy when I see that <laughs> a desktop full of all documents and folders and stuff. And I'm like, that's not the way you're supposed to do it. But there's nothing saying you can't do that. So I, I don't get too, you know, right. crazy about it. But the other thing is that sometimes, especially if your computer has enough memory, is that you may choose to leave applications open. So this is where I'm going with this is that, and the way that I run is in general, if I'm not actively running an application, I close it. I quit it. Not just not use it, but also quit it. Right. Sometimes I'll see is that, oh, okay, you'll close the last document. You'll leave Word open. It's not quite the same as what you're talking about, but I suspect sometimes applications that are loaded versus their background updaters may also be doing some activity for whatever reason, including an update, but other things like loading fonts, unloading fonts, paging in, paging out, that are going to keep it. And this is where activity monitor under the uh, you know process list, you can definitely see this. I mean, you'll see, I mean, there's always something bubbling to the top. Like right now, for some bizarre reason, I see backup D. Uh, I'm looking at my activity monitor taking up a lot of things. I think that may have to do with uh, .Mac or something. Time machine. But anyways. Ah, okay. It's time machine. I see. Inter- oh, yep. Okay, because I see reading right now using uh, our pal menu meters. Okay. You, you researched this, obviously. <laughs> so, um, yeah, another source of, um, you know, or another thing to think about when you're looking at what's keeping your, uh, your system up. Yeah. Now, the, the fact that Robert's machine is waking up on his own, excuse me, is that that really is indicative of hardware, though. Uh, You know, once you've once a machine goes to sleep, it takes some hardware event to wake it up. Now, it could be uh, an Ethernet. You know, we talked uh, not last week, but the week before about the wake on land uh, feature built into all the Ethernet ports. had some people say that they thought it worked over airport. I don't think that's possible. In fact, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure wake on land is ethernet only, but nevertheless network, it is possible for a specific network activity to wake up a, a given Mac. Uh, so, it, you know, it, chances are there's nothing in his house that's sending, you know, those wake on land magic packets to that machine, but perhaps there's a, a hard drive in there that, you know, maybe as a non-standard hard drive that's not sleeping right, if it gets a trickle power, maybe it, it, it causes some mm-hmm. issue back. Maybe he's got a, you know, a third-party mouse that... Well, he does. That's right. Well, you know, yeah. I think that's it. I figured it out. Okay. So he said it was G4, right? Mm-hmm. That's a Motorola processor, right? Or an IBM mm-hmm. processor, correct? Yeah. Or Freescale. I've, but not Intel. Not Intel, it's correct. An, he said he had an Intel five-button mouse. <laughs> there you go. You can't... Mix the two. I know. I don't think that's what they meant, John. But seriously, <laughs> no. But seriously, I, I don't know if this mouse has. Uh, I didn't. I don't know if Intel ever made. I mean, I don't see a reason why it wouldn't work. 
Right. You know, I mean, every HID device does map to a, from what I understand, a standard HID driver. Right. You know, I'm sure some of the ones on this thing don't do anything. Now, if he has software for it, now it could be because I've read up on this a little bit. If you have a poorly written device driver, and I think you mentioned this before, that could prevent every everybody from going to sleep. If say this mouse has a special preference pane or device driver. That may be, it only takes one badly written driver to just ruin it for everybody. You know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else on that uh, along these lines here, John? I'm sure we'll get plenty of comments about this, and, and please send them in, 206-666-GEEK, which is 4335, uh, or feedback at MacGeekGab.com or Skype them to MacGeekGab. Uh, we welcome all your comments. This is kind of one of those, those conversations that will go on and on, and that's a good thing. Yeah, I got one more thing. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, I like peripheral vision. Yeah, a, a couple of things, okay? Yeah, I, I don't sure. think I mentioned. So two things. One, peripheral vision is a very nice utility. What it shows you, which could contribute to your machine not sleeping, is things connecting and disconnecting. And, and it'll show USB devices, I think FireWire, network devices, Bluetooth, stuff like that. If you have a device that is confused or not set up right or doesn't have the latest firmware or is thrashing, whatever... Normally, you may not see that because, I mean, the computer doesn't care if a device appears and disappears 100 times a second. You know, as long as it, it may be logged somewhere, but peripheral vision will show you all this weird stuff. So especially if things unexpectedly disconnect and reconnect, it's a very good tool for diagnosing that. The other last thing is that in the console, our friend the console, there's a system.log file. And there are two events that you want to search for in there. One is called system sleep. And the other is called System Wake. Now, if you look around those events, and you, there's a find feature yeah. in uh, console, see what's around those. Like, for example, I can almost guarantee that what's happening is that he'll see System Sleep, and then a couple of lines later in that file, something weird will happen, which is the thing saying, uh, I don't want to go to sleep. Huh. I just thought what it would be. But I've noticed that those events are explicitly written in the system.log file available via the console. So whatever's surrounding those may be the culprit. Okay. Okay. Interesting. That's a good idea. That's okay. That's <laughs> I like that. Wasn't brief, but, but I think useful. No, that's handy. Yeah, that's good. Uh, all right. So Brady has a problem that, that he, you know, I, I go through the email for the, uh, for the geek gab here typically once a week and it's typically on Monday afternoon. I like to go through it, uh, as close to when we do the show as possible so that we get all the, the latest stuff. Of course, I didn't have a choice. I didn't get back to the office until today, uh, so I did it all today. But I had, you know, a week and a half's worth of material because we, of course, we recorded both of those podcasts two weeks ago tonight, uh, one thirty and one thirty-one. So I had a pile of email to go through, and and I got this this uh, audio comment from Brady about this issue. Researched it because I tend to research each thing as it comes in, and then uh, either reply to the person if it's a if it's warranted, if a, you know, direct personal response is warranted. Otherwise, you know, queue it up for the show. And uh, so I, I've researched it, found what I thought was the solution. As it turns out, yeah, Brady later on, maybe later in the week, found uh, found the same thing. So this problem was solved. Uh, he has a second question that uh, that we'll address as well, and we'll talk about the solution for this. Uh, we'll just get on. Hey, Dave and John, this is Brady Conan from Portland, Oregon, longtime listener, and I love your show. Give up the great work. I have two questions for you guys. One is that I recently upgraded from a PowerBook G4 to a MacBook Pro Core 2 Duo, and I've noticed that on the MacBook Pro, the keyboard tends to go to sleep 
if I leave it alone for a few minutes. I'm guessing this is just some kind of power saver feature, but I have to press the keys a few more times after leaving it alone for it to start responding again. And I'm wondering if there's a way to turn this off because it's very irritating just starting to type and missing the first few characters or whatever it is that I'm working on. And my second question is, I recently upgraded to the 4.11 update with Safari 3, and as a dial-up user, I've noticed that the uh, timeout period on Safari 3 is much shorter than it was in, on uh, Safari 2. Now, every web page that I load tends to time out before it actually gets fully loaded. And I was wondering if there's a way to extend this time period. Thanks for all your help, guys. And if you need to reach me, now ah, we'll just talk to you. Uh, okay, so this keyboard going to sleep thing, there, th th it's a very straightforward solution. Make sure you're updated. It's a leopard issue. First, make sure you've updated to 10.5.1, which software updates should have by now done for you automatically. The second thing to do is reset the PRAM uh, or NVRAM, whatever you want to call it. Reboot the machine, hold down command, which is the Apple key option, which could also be the alt key. And P as in Paul, R as in Revere. Command option, PR, that will uh, cause, you'll hear, you, you know, you tell it to restart, you'll hear the bong, you hold down command option, PR, you'll hear the bong again. There are people out there that have religions over how many times you should hear the bong. Really? Three. three is the magic number. The magic number shall be three. Okay. I always do one and that seems to work for me, but, but I'm getting, I'm over, I'm overruled on this one. So three folks, that's the magic number. Three is the magic Five number. Five is right out. Five, okay. All right. Uh, anyway, so it, you do that as many times as, as your little heart desires. And, uh, and then once you, you, you're satisfied that it's, it's bonged enough, you release the command option PR and let it boot all the way up. That, uh, from everything I read online and, and from Brady's confirmation, that has solved this problem. So uh, if any of you are experiencing it, if you've seen it intermittently, go ahead, try that. That should rid you of it for good. Now, the second thing, uh, I know that there is a uh, command line where you can uh, use the defaults command uh, in OS 10 to edit this. However, I can't find it. There is Unsanity's uh, utility. It's a free utility called Safari No Timeout, which extends it from 60 seconds to 10 minutes, which in theory should be enough. Um, so that, that would be another thing to check. Do you have any, any thoughts on that, John? Um, the only thought I had was just kind of a side thought, because I've had this happen before where if you try to start typing, nothing will happen. Now, this I haven't experienced because I don't have... Um, a MacBook, though right. I may soon. Good. Depending on, well, depending on what you believe as far as what's going to come out of Macworld, there may be something that would match my needs very closely and that it would be uh, kind of like my PowerBook G4, but with a different chip. That's all I'll say about that. But do you, do you um, know something we don't, John? Uh, I, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know of what's happening at Macworld. If you do, tell us. I don't, but I don't think you do. John? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. You're going to tell us what, what, uh, what do you, what do you think is happening at Macworld? We'll, we'll go on this. I'll take this tangent. Go ahead. 
the tangent? You mean the the little power or, or the the new? Um, well, I'm thinking I like my PowerBook G4, the 12 inch and all that. Yeah. So I was hoping for a replacement with an Intel chip. That's all I'm hoping for. I mean, the MacBook is very close. It is. Yeah. I like the metal, and the metal is only 15 inch, right? right. Which, you know, it's not bad, but yeah. Well, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Uh, but what I was going to mention is that when I've seen this keyboard thing before, sometimes it may be because the hard disk is asleep. Ah. I've seen this on some machines sometimes, and, and you'll know. Now, I don't think, and this is, I think, if you, you know, we're getting back to energy saver and all these things, is that if you, if you select the option saying put hard drives to sleep when possible, I think is the option. Right. So put hard disks to sleep when possible. A lot of times when you have different hardware, especially keyboard and hard drive and all that, some may be told to kind of, you know, hold on for a sec. And I've seen this happen on uh, some Macs and some PCs is that if you start hitting the keyboard, because the hard drive is spinning up, the hard drive a lot of times has, you know, priority over everything else in the system because it's probably important if the hard drive, you know, is, is uh, being written to or read from. So um, that was my only thought with that. Or it could be you know, connecting to a network drive or waking up an external drive or an external unit. Just, just the thought, but it, it, it's hard without actually going, going through that. But I've, I've seen that before where I'll start typing, I'll hear a little spin up and then all of a sudden everything I typed will come up in one burst. And of course I didn't see it. So I typed more, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Huh? Yeah. So that setting has, uh, it's good. I mean, you always want to put your hard drive to sleep when possible, I think, because, it saves energy, right? I think so. Yeah. In theory, I mean, if it's going to sleep and then you're spinning it right back up again, you're probably wasting energy, but, uh, but if it's efficient about it, then sure. Yeah. I would concur with you. Yeah. The startup probably, yeah. Well, the startup definitely draws more current and juice than it's just kind of hanging out. Our first sponsor for tonight's show is Barebone software. And tonight we're talking about Yo, Jimbo, which always makes me happy because that is a piece of software that I use religiously. In fact, I've been using it all night here while we've been doing the podcast. Yo, Jimbo is a place to store all sorts of information that you really don't have another place to put it. Sure, you could be like uh, the people that, that, that drive John crazy and have stuff just scattered all over your desktop, text files and some PDFs and things like that. But Yo, Jimbo is a a collection manager, if you will. You can put all your stuff into Yojimbo, organize it by tags, organize it by collections, and really just have one place to to kind of store everything else, if you will. It's not email, it's not calendar events, it's not Word documents, but yet it could be bits and pieces of all of those related in different ways. Version 1.5 is out now, has much better image support. You can have all kinds of different images put in here, except for raw images, which they actually don't want you putting in here for, for good reason. But uh, all, the, all the new image support, the database is so much faster when you're searching. Uh, I, I can attest to this. I've got a library, over 500 items in my library, and it used to, if I was searching all the content, it was terribly slow. Now, way faster. And uh, tags are now available to search via spotlight. So you can really kind of, it integrates all throughout the system. It even supports automatic software updating now uh, for when say version 1.5.1 or 1.5.6 or whatever they are come out. Uh, Yojimbo available from barebones.com. 
definitely worth checking out. I uh, it's an app I've been using since pretty much since the moment it came out, and uh, and I couldn't possibly turn back. So they don't pay me to say that, but uh, I'm happy to do so because uh, it's a fantastic piece of software. So we're happy to have them as a sponsor. Moving onward, last week we talked a little bit about travel tips, and then we did the interview with with uh, Mr. Paul Kent. Some of you shared your travel tips and Robert wrote in with one that he learned from from our friends at the Mac OSG podcast. And I have to say, this is actually something that I do all the time. It's so much a part of how I travel. I don't even think about it anymore. And he says, bring a pack of instant oatmeal with you. If you get hungry, it's a compact, cheap, healthy little meal to hold you over until you can get a real meal. I do this almost every night in my hotel room. You know, there's always a little coffee pot in there. You you don't need to uh, put coffee in the thing. You can just run hot water through the filter, fill up the uh, the pot with hot water. You get a little cup. You pour your oatmeal into the cup. You pour the thing in. Bring a spoon with you because there have been times when I've found myself eating that oatmeal with coffee stirrers or something. Bring a little plastic <laughs> spoon. But it's a, what a fantastic tip. And uh, and it really can. Well, you know, if it's 11 o'clock at night and you just want to go to bed, but you're a little bit hungry, it's perfect. Well, how about now either they may have a snack machine, but that's usually garbage. Yeah. Um, I found this in a specialty store that I go to um, the other day. So Quaker, of course, is one of the oatmeal guys. And actually, yeah, when I was out in uh, Iowa, I believe they have a big Quaker. But anyways, um, Quaker also makes grits. (laughs) That was nicely said, John. I believe that's the only proper way. Probably terribly said. Southerners will shake their fist at me, that's but right. yeah. no. And of course, if you've ever been down south, I guess that's a, a different, but probably equivalent type of meal. There, would you would you say? I, I, yeah, yeah. When you put water in, yeah, uh, you close know, enough. Sure, yeah. Well, it's yes. corn instead of right. I mean, I guess Ritz is is corn. Uh, is corn. Yeah, okay. Pete Pete agrees. So yeah, corn. You're right, John. Yeah. Okay. But actually, yeah, no, it's a, it just in general, man, is having, cause sometimes, I mean, you know, we're, we're used to the, uh, you know, the lush lifestyle of having the food in the press. No, we're kidding. Sometimes, <laughs> well, especially, you know, if you've been out the night before and you've been partying and you get to the press room at 10 in the morning, well, all the free food's gone, dude. Right. Sorry. That can and, happen sometimes. And general, yeah. And a lot of the places in the, in the convention center, I don't know if they were, I think they run out too. So uh, you may end up where you don't have any viable options. So uh, yeah, if you can pack your food and get it through TSA and they don't think it's, you know, something bad, then I guess you're, uh, you're cool. Right? I, I guess so. You never know. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm reading more horror stories about what the, uh, I, I, where was it I saw? I, I forgot if it was, uh, so, anyways, it was, a, it, was a, it was a sugar flour spill. Apparently somebody had a bag of cookie dough or, or something and it was found in the security area and of course it was white powder so there was panic i think it was a main somewhere but anyway, they dealt with it pretty well so interesting anyway so be careful with your oatmeal yeah make sure you put it in a nice safe container so it doesn't spill all over the place and you shut the airport down okay <laughs> uh, yeah you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to shut the airport down with oatmeal uh, speaking of airports and, and getting to and from them in San Francisco, Trashman wrote in, uh, you'll hear. Hey guys, this is the big trash man calling from the big East Oakland, California with, uh, an addendum, if you will, to your travel tips for Macworld. Um, born and raised in San Francisco, worked there every day. And I just wanted to let you and my fellow Geek Gab listeners know that another way to get to San Francisco, um, from from the hotels is if you if you fly into Oakland or San Francisco either one BART Bay Area Rapid Transit 
goes from both of those locations directly to Powell and Market, which is central to all of the hotels. When you get out of the Powell and Market BART station and you come up, you're right there at the cable car turnaround. And from there, it's about a, you know, some hotels are half a block, some are a block, some are, you know, maybe two blocks, but it, they're very close to that point. Um, BART is, is great, it's efficient, you won't have to worry about traffic. And flying into the Oakland airport is definitely easier to get in and out of without question than SFO. It, there's no, I mean, it's getting uh, more crowded and crowded because people are realizing this, but Oakland is definitely easier to get in and out of. For the mobile traveler that's got one bag or two, it's no problem to, you know, just hop on BART, go to Powell and Market, and then walk to your hotel. For the traveler that might have a, an extra bag or two that has to check in or something like that, um, and you and you just, you want to take a, a shuttle or a cab even, just remember one thing in San Francisco. Town cars and limos are the same as cabs, and they should not be more than 35 to $40 to the airport, period. That's SFO airport anyway. So a lot of people, they take cabs and, uh, to the airport or not, and the Bellman, you know, and the cab drivers will try to run you when you're in, Pal you know, in the Palo Market area. I know because I used to be one. Um, 35 to $40, town cars are the same as cabs. Hope that all made sense. Can't wait for Macworld. Talk to you guys later. Bye. You got to love that. A little bit of honesty there goes a long way. Yeah, I didn't know that because I think in New York and other places, the, 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 you know, the, the Lincolns and all that, they're livery. So they're kind of like you negotiate with the guy. There's not a, a meter. Well, I think that's what he was saying, too. But, uh, but you know, a ride from the airport they, is a ride from the Okay. So I think they're supposed to adhere to a fixed price, but sometimes they don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, the only thing I got to say is that in, and in January, I went to, um, so they had the RSA security conference, because at that point in time, I was worried, working in a security realm. And that's a great show. And I, I stayed at a hotel that was, you know, about three long blocks. I mean, it was a... Uh, uh, down Market it, it was Street fine. There? Yeah, it was, a, you know, long blocks. So they said three blocks from the Moscone, and it was, but three of the big long ones. I think it was a Ramada. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. You know, it was very inexpensive. But one day, you know, genius that I wasn't, I didn't bring an umbrella and there was a torrential downpour, which uh, in January is probably not an unusual thing in uh, San Francisco. No. No. I mean, when, yeah, it was later. It was a, like, I think a week after Macworld or, or two weeks after. OK. And that's one thing we got used to is kind of so. So I go and of course, all the cabs were packed. So I'm like, OK, well, I'll try this bar thing. Being a New York City area person, I am used to the concept of fixed fare for um travel anywhere in the system well have you done the bart dave no no i'm curious to hear what you're about to say here well, apparently the bart and apparently some other systems throughout the country are based on the distance you travel so i got all befuddled at the machine because it expects you to say where you're going from and to because you need a ticket that has enough dough on it so you can get out <laughs> of course you've done I mean, you know, the T in Boston, right. I think, is a fixed price. So I checked. New York City, fixed price. But some systems, huh. I'm not sure about Chicago, but definitely the, the BART, last I looked, it's based on how far you want to go. Now, the problem is, what if you don't know where the heck you're going? Which, in my case, I don't know where the heck I am. I don't know the streets and stuff. Right. Just like in New York, on the train, and then you figure out where you get off. <laughs> yeah. Huh. That, yeah, that's all. So, it takes a whole different mindset. That's right. So. Warning to those that are used to, like us uh, East Coast kids here, uh, that are used to one price. Because, I mean, New York, you can, there's like a, somebody's 
found this that you can ride for like two hours and go from like one extreme of you know the new york city area to the other for two dollars right um but a lot of other systems and actually it sounds fair you know you well i don't know if it's fair what do you eh. yeah it's, mm. it's simpler is what it is whatever but the machine really confused me because i really had to do a lot of thinking and looking at the I'm like where, where am i going i don't know i don't know where i am huh. <laughs> yeah so but i tossed it in there Interesting. Thank you. That's good. That's actually great information. Thanks to you and the trash man. That's that's good stuff. Our second sponsor for this show is Audible. You folks know about Audible. You've been listening here. Audible is a service that allows you to download audiobooks. You can download them onto your computer and then transfer them to a CD. You can transfer them to your iPod, to your trio. You can listen right there on your computer. Basically, anywhere that you could listen to this podcast, you can listen to an Audible book. And I say basically, I know there are some MP3 players that Audible simply doesn't support. But by and large, that's what you can do. They've got over 35,000 titles there, a lot of them Mac-related. How to Survive a Robot Uprising, The Search, How Google and Its Rivals Rewrote the Rules of Business and Transformed Our Culture, The IWAS Book, How I Invented the Personal Computer and Had Fun Along the Way, The Icon Steve Jobs Book. And the beauty is, if you click on our special link, which is audible.com slash MacGeekGab, you can get a free download uh, just for trying it out. So go and check that out at uh, audible.com slash MacGeekGab or just click the link in the show notes and, uh, and check out your, your one free download there from Audible. With that, I'm gonna do, uh, we're going to do one last follow-up from, uh, from last show. We talked about syncing. We talked about syncing calendars and had a couple of people write in about, about this particular solution, but I think Brian's comment really, really kind of ties it together. So. Hi, this is Brian calling from Raleigh, North Carolina. Concerning your uh, iCal synchronization across a couple of users on one computer, um, one thing that I've been doing is using Span and Sync with Google and going ahead and taking advantage of the Google sharing services um, that it has built in uh, already. And uh, so my wife has an account. I have an account, a Google account, that is. And um, I sync through Span and Sync my iCal into uh, Google's calendar, but the calendars that uh, my wife needs are shared, and so anything that is changed is immediately reflected um, across onto her Google calendar, which then syncs back to her iCal. So the, the trick, of course, is that you both have to have a Gmail account. You both have to share the same calendar, which is easy, but then you both have to have Fan and Sync in, uh, obviously, two separate um, accounts. So. Anyway, that's uh, my solution to the sharing iCal data. It uses Google in the middle, um, but it works. All right. Enjoy the show. Thanks. Thanks, Brian. That's actually really great information. Uh, and, and thank you all for your comments and suggestions about how better to deal with to-dos in iCal. Uh, I'm actually uh, got a couple of them. Both Lisa, my wife, and I have been really trying to figure out how to use iCal in a way that works for us. And of course the recurring to do's and the tracking completed to do's are the big ones. sounds like IGTD might be the app for us. And, uh, and we're, we're going to check that out. So I, I do appreciate all of you sending in suggestions. If anybody's got any more, uh, please do send them in because we love to hear them. Yep. That's, that's a interesting bridge though. Kind of like what I do. And we had a few people, I'm going to get back to them asking me, how do, how do you, do notes and palm and all that stuff and unfortunately one answer is that uh, notes um only support syncing on the pc side 
with a palm. Right. At least with something they called Easy Sync. So that's. Um, I don't know if the missing sync does that. Does it? That's I a good it question. Did at one I don't know. Yeah, I thought they did at one point, but unfortunately, the the people that make the Note software, although they make a Mac client, they don't make a Mac sync uh, program that's native to the Mac. So the way I deal with that is I go to work and sync on the PC. Right. Right. Uh, which huh. is too bad. Yeah. Well, what can you do? Uh, you could use Parallels. You could use uh, Boot Camp and get it done that way if, you, if you've got a oh, uh, yeah. client. I have an Intel Mac, yo. Oh. But it's coming. I, I feel it. Do you feel it? Again. Yeah. Well, again, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping I'm going to get a new computer next year. Well, that's up to one person, isn't it? Yep. And, and you know, this is probably... I, a lot of times I see deals immediately after... Uh, yeah, now is probably not a good. Well, I don't know. Now is probably not a good time to get a a, a Mac because MacWorld's coming up, and they, they typically toss something out there. You could ask a speed Santa for bump. one, you know. Huh? You could yeah, ask I could. Santa for one. You never know. Hey, Santa sometimes yeah. brings me stuff, even though I'm not, you know, technically not a kid. There's there's always stuff coming. So. Uh, oh yeah. You know, at uh, at MacWorld Expo, we are having our uh, Cirque du Mac 5.0 party again. And uh, and as you folks know, we're running a contest to uh, to give away some tickets to that, so that uh, so that you folks can enjoy it. Go ahead and check the link; it's uh, it's posted on all over TMO, and we've got it here in the show notes. And I'm sure Michael will put it right here in the enhanced feed for us all as well. But uh, but that's Cirque du Mac 5.0. Go ahead and join the contest. You can join up to once per day, and uh, we're going to give away at least ten pairs of tickets, and uh, usually sometimes a couple more. So that's uh, sponsored by. Otherworld Computing, Edemotic, and Audio Engine. We're happy to have all of them on board. Of course, Michael cool. Johnston from iPhone Alley is the one that converts this show for you. And Cashfly is the place that hosts the files that you download so quickly and swiftly, no matter where you are across the globe. The podcast marketplace this month has the A5 and A2 desktop speakers from Audio Engine, Yojimbo from Barebones Software, one free download from Audible.com, PDF Pen from Smile on My Mac, and of course, all your Macworld travel from Harmon-eTravel.com. I think that's it, John. Mm-hmm. You got anything else? To- a deal. What? Harmon. I booked my flight. I got a page. And then when I finalized my reservation, it said, oh, we're going to look for an extra discount. Really? And they found one. It was amazing. Sweet. Yeah, we booked, bucks off of it. we booked uh, a bunch of it, the it, bunch of the staff flights through it too, and it seemed to work out really well. So, yeah. Yeah, and actually, we're getting uh, some emails from uh, some of the listeners and other Mac Observer crowd saying, "Hey, see you at the party," or, yeah. or of course, you know, either Dave or I or the other Mac Observer crowd. I think we're going to have a good mop there this year. Yeah, it looks like we'll have quite a few. So working on getting all the uh, all the logistics worked out but it'll happen it'll it'll always ha- it always happens it's nice to have the extra week this year actually I like yeah that. i gotta say this is gonna be a good one because well especially uh full of, well i don't have to disclose if you have apple stock you're you're happy <laughs> that's right yeah yeah and i've already seen a lot of predictions i think we've reported on them where uh they're saying hey as long as apple introduces something new at the keynote then stock's gonna go just yeah. Even crazier. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. All right, that's it. Let's uh, let's wrap this one up. I don't know what day we're going to record the next podcast because the a week from tonight is Christmas Eve, and I'm kind of guessing that you and I might might have plans uh, outside of our uh, our podcasting commitments. 
We'll figure it out. We got a four day weekend coming up. And uh, happy Hanukkah. I know that's over. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Whatever holiday you celebrate. There you go. Have, Have fun. Don't get caught. Made up.